Imagine living your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, your master certified coach and midlife mentor, and I'm so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is all about everybody's favorite topic, compare and despair in midlife. Are you with me? (laughs) Compare and despair is one of those experiences that you're probably not that crazy about being involved in, like something you're not particularly proud of. But your mind goes there, and it is super common. In fact, this has come up a lot lately in my community, so I thought that now would be a great time to talk about it directly. (laughs) And it also came up for me recently, and my coach busted me on it too, so it is super top of mind for me personally as well. So buckle up, because we're going to go there. (laughs) We're going to go where it's uncomfortable, we're going to dig around, and we're going to see if we can learn some things. But first, I want to make sure that you know about the free gift that I created for you. Have you done a vision board before? Well, it turns out that the good old vision board is a great way to get unstuck and regret-proof your life. It's your chance to take charge and do what you can to make sure that you don't have regrets, to be more intentional, to think more about what you want to do, what you want to say, what you want to try. Your free gift is the Regret-Proof Your Vision Board Guide. It's free and it's powerful. It's a vision board brainstorming template. It's the perfect way for you to start thinking about what you want to create in your life on purpose. So go ahead and download your Regret Proof Your Vision Board worksheet and learn seven easy steps to make a vision board that really works. So if you've been thinking about doing a vision board or you've just been thinking about your goals for next year, you're going to love this guide. Head over to www.susierosenstein.com forward slash regret proof vision and you can download it there. Now, let's dive into this super fun feel-good topic, compare and despair. Let's start with a definition. Wiktionary defines compare and despair as to distress oneself by comparing one's own situation with that of others who seem more successful. Short and sweet. Well, and not so sweet because it's painful, (laughs) pretty much guaranteed to make you feel bad about your accomplishments even if they're fabulous. It's so easy to get sucked in. And as you've likely experienced, it's so negative and unpleasant, it can really affect your confidence too. The thing is, it's part of being human. We evolved in a way that it's important to compare ourselves to others to survive. You might need to compare your skills to someone else in order to make decisions that would help you survive, for example, like competition around food, or competition around safety. It's common to catch yourself comparing like this because that's how human beings evolved. But it's not always useful. (laughs) It used to be useful, but today it's not as useful as it used to be. So we have to really take a look at it. Today, compare and despair isn't usually about living or dying. In today's world, it's usually about comparing yourself to others loaded with self-judgment about your worth. Remember the definition. 
to distress oneself by comparing one's own situation with that of others who seem more successful. It's not a casual observation. The way you think about comparing yourself to others creates a more painful negative emotion for you. Distress, despair, envy, jealousy, shame, basically feeling less than. Fun times, my friend. But thoughts create your feelings. So when you compare, you're interpreting something about the situation you're observing. And the thought you're thinking is what is creating your feeling. As you may recall, (laughs) thoughts are optional. Understanding your actual thoughts and why you're choosing to think them is a skill that will help you manage this whole cycle better. So while it's normal to compare, the question becomes, do we also need the despair? Is comparison in and of itself bad? Well, for sure, it can be bad for you. But can you also learn from it? Can you improve your own skills as a result? And I think the answer is yes. As I said, when it comes to compare and despair, the important thing is to understand what's going on with you when you get caught up in it. And that just is so uncomfortable. I bet you're thinking about a time right now when that was going on for you. So what's important to you and why? That's what you have to focus on. Do you even know? Do you know what success means to you? Here's what I mean. Think about a time when you noticed that you were like all in it. You were totally caught up in compare and despair. In today's world, it may have had something to do with social media because social media is a huge source of compare and despair. Think about your experience when you scroll. You see all kinds of stuff, lots of success, lots of perfect families, lots of weight loss, lots of beautiful pictures of homes, people wearing bikinis and they look so good, cars, vacations, and milestones. And if you're in the compare and despair cycle, it can really trigger you to dive right in. You compare, think a thought, and feel some sort of despair. But the problem here is that you often haven't even decided what's important to you. So you end up comparing yourself to people and their goals or their perfect version of what they want you to see. But it may not be your own definition of success. So what is your goal? Are you on the path to happiness, your own path to happiness? It's different for everybody. And if not, why not? Are you reacting to something that's related to what you actually want? Why do you want what they have? How do you think it will make you feel? Or is something else going on here with you that you can learn from? Remember, we think that things or situations will make us happier, but they don't. What we make them mean to us, that's what will create our feelings. So check in on your personal goals and reasons for them. And this feeds into the other thing that's going on with compare and despair. The actual thought you're thinking might surprise you. It's likely that you're not good enough. Maybe that's not the first thought, but when you drill down, you'll probably eventually get to this thought or one that's very close. You're not worthy. You're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not successful enough. Something like that. Some kind of a specific thought that makes you feel less than. Why? Because they are doing it right and you're not. Something is wrong with you. Now, 
As you may recall, the brain is always trying to prove itself true. It looks for evidence to support what it thinks. So if you're already focused on some kind of an underlying belief that you're not good enough, somehow or in some area, the whole compare and despair thing will feed right into it. And a lot of times you don't even know that you have that underlying belief. So there's a lot going on. I have now had a handful of friends share with me that they've had to get off social media because it made them feel terrible. (laughs) Can you relate? Now, of course, you know, it's not the social media that's making them feel terrible. It's their interpretation of what they see. But nevertheless, it's easy to relate to that. Here are a few examples from general life and parenting that I thought you could also relate to. Someone has a Tesla. Someone has lost 50 pounds. Someone bought a winter home in Florida. Someone has a laptop lifestyle. Someone became super successful in her business and mentioned that she broke a big financial milestone. Someone got a fancy designer bag. Someone's kid won a big award. Someone's kid got married. Someone quit her job. Someone's smiling with all of her happy, smiling, perfect kids. Someone looks happily married. And then maybe in a work context, someone made more money than you. Someone got a promotion. Someone has more Instagram followers. You get it, right? What would it be like if there were just as many photos and posts of some of the more difficult parts of life, or at least less perfect? Can you imagine if it was balanced, though there was all the stuff that looks perfect, and there was also all the stuff that didn't look perfect? You know, you can't even imagine that. It's just too out there. So the compare and despair example that I wanted to share with you (laughs) is something that I did not put on social media. In fact, I did the opposite, and it was because of compare and despair. So this is from my own life, and it's actually about the podcast, the one you're listening to right now, Women in the Middle. So I started this podcast in mid-July 2017, about four and a half years ago from the time of this recording. This episode is number 232, which is shocking to me in and of itself. To get 232 episodes, I had to sit my butt down just like this once a week consistently. Consistently. And as of this moment, there have been 831,816 downloads of the podcast in 89 countries. That's over 831,000 downloads. I can't even believe that. That's lifetime. The podcast is in the top 1% of the most popular shows worldwide. And I will hit a million downloads sometime in mid-2022. So that's a lot, right? And when I look at this, I am super proud of myself, especially for my creativity and consistency. I take extreme pride in bringing you the most interesting interviews with amazing women in the middle. And a lot of these women are in my circle. They're my personal contacts. They're people that I have met along the way, you know, and I love that. I find that very creative. So it's not just asking them the questions that I think you are thinking and the way that I think it's best to illustrate the transformation of their story going from stuck and confused to, you know, excited about their life again and on the other side of all the stuckness. 
but it's also that I have, you know, mined these amazing people. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but like they come, I've curated them from my world, from my my contacts, from my experience. Now, I do get lots of people pitching to be on the podcast. And sometimes I do find somebody who's a really good fit. But the vast majority of people that I'm interviewing are people from my world in some way or another. So I love this. I take so much pride in bringing you these amazing women. And I keep things light and real. We laugh a lot together. We explore serious aspects of being a woman in the middle so that we can love our lives after 50. And you know, that's really what this podcast episode is a great example of that. It's not so much fun talking about compare and despair, but it's important. But we're still laughing. It's still light. It's still upbeat. and We're still gonna have some fun with it in a very compassionate way. So here's the thing. I have some shame around the progress of the podcast. You see, I have been mucking about with compare and despair big time. I happen to have some awesome friends and colleagues who have way bigger podcasts than the women in the middle. And I compared myself with them and their success and felt terrible about my own. Now, the thought I discovered myself thinking wasn't really a surprise to me as I've caught myself thinking this before. It's this, I should be farther along than I am. And then, you know, sometimes you got to dig a little bit when you find a thought. (laughs) So that thought is followed by, and you ask yourself, why? What do I make this thought mean? And what I make it mean is there's something wrong with my progress. And then to dig a little farther, you just keep digging. Why or what do I make this mean are great prompts to see what's really under there. And when I ask myself those prompts, what I find is there's something wrong with me. So it goes from I should be farther along than I am to there's something wrong with my progress to there's something wrong with me. This is very typical of what you're going to find when you dig around with your thoughts. A lot of times the thought that you're aware of, once you get there, will lead you down a path of what is really going on in your mind. Now, uh, that's lovely, right? (laughs) Just lovely to have discovered those thoughts around a podcast and success, something I'm super proud of. That's weird. When I think about it this way, though, with those thoughts, what I notice is that I pull back in little and in big ways, I pull back. There's like a black cloud or a wet blanket on top of of um, the podcast. And I'm not proud of my accomplishment. And then what happens is that I get in the way of my own progress and this perpetuates my thinking that I should be farther along because I would likely be farther along if I wasn't doing this and got out of my own way. <laughs> So this was a sneaky realization because, as I mentioned, I do feel proud of my progress when I think about the grind of producing the episodes or the experience itself, you know, when I'm actually creating it. But I could see that I got hung up when it came to validating my success to myself, even with this hard data. And my coach noticed my shenanigans and coached me through it. And then she challenged me to include it as part of my public bio. 
which, oh my God, of course made me squirm with discomfort. That's so public. And what she was saying is, it's something that you should be proud of, and it it's related to credibility and expertise. It looks great, and it is great. It's great to have a successful podcast. Anyway, I did it, and it was such a good exercise for me. You know, it's it's just something that I was almost hiding. I was almost hiding it because I was embarrassed and felt shame that it wasn't bigger. So just because I have amazing colleagues with huge podcasts doesn't reflect poorly on my success until I interpret it that way. And why would I choose to make myself feel terrible about my progress and the number of women waiting for me to get over my drama and just keep up the good content that actually helps them? (laughs) Why would I do that? It's always so ridiculous when you're on the outside looking in But I share this with you so that you can see the power of compare and despair in your life. If you can compare and not despair, you can learn and grow. You can observe from a clean, drama-free perspective. You can ask yourself awesome questions that help you with your own goals. But when you allow your automatic autopilot thinking to run amok, you will see your brain looking for ways to prove those beliefs. And the old I'm not good enough belief, that type of thought is at the core of so much pain for so many sweet humans. Just because you think something doesn't mean it's true. Just because you think something doesn't mean it's true. I'm gonna say it one more time because it's so important. Just because you think it doesn't mean it's true. That's why you have to get better at catching yourself thinking and watching yourself think. That's why that saying, you have to become a watcher of your thoughts so you can catch what's going on up there and think more on purpose. So if I want to feel better about the success of my podcast, and of course I do, all I have to do is to decide exactly how I want to feel and think accordingly. I want to feel proud. I want to feel grateful. I want to feel inspired and creative. These are the kinds of thoughts that will help me feel this way instead of less than thoughts like, I love that I overcame my insecurity around the technology I need for my podcast. I'm proud of myself for showing up every week, even when I don't have a clear idea just yet. I'm learning to use the podcast to reach and help more and more women. I love the opportunity to interview amazing women who are overcoming their fears to follow their passion. And this one, I know I'm making a difference to women in the middle. I don't have any trouble thinking these thoughts, except. I need to practice thinking them. I need to have them at the ready. I like to think of it as like if you were wearing a tool belt and you had these thoughts on cards or pieces of paper. So when you needed a thought like that, you just reach into your tool belt and grab it like a screwdriver. You have to have the thoughts that you want to think on purpose at the ready. They need to be rehearsed. They need to be practiced. They need to be written down. They need to be in your phone. However you need to remind yourself, you must remind yourself because one thing I'm sure of 
is that those stinky thoughts are going to be there. They're going to pop up again and again. So what you can control is thinking on purpose. So this is why compare and despair is so interesting. In this case, I see no reason for me to feel any kind of despair. (laughs) I love the Women in the Middle podcast. I love hearing from you. I love your feedback. And I love, you know, what you're telling me about how helpful certain episodes have been and certain examples and the way I frame something and the, the guests and telling their stories. Like, I love this. Honestly, it makes me giddy with excitement. So what I want you to do is to ask yourself, what is really going on when you get sucked in or triggered? Do you really want the Tesla that you see that your friend has on Facebook? Or is your goal making a positive environmental impact in another way, like maybe recycling or donating? Do you also want to lose 50 pounds? Can you be happy for your friend? Can you learn what you want to know and be more compassionate with yourself and your personal path to weight loss? Do you like the way you see yourself thinking about that perfect looking family on Facebook or Instagram? Could you use this as an opportunity to be grateful for your family? The other thing I want you to think about is envy itself. And I have talked about this before on the podcast. If you're feeling envy, you can absolutely use envy for good. What if you allowed envy to be an important clue for you so that you can notice what you really, 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 really want in life and own it? You can be curious about why you feel envy and let it guide you toward helping yourself. With more knowledge about what you really, really want, you can set goals that help better steer you in that direction. So. What can you do if you catch yourself in a cycle of compare and despair? (laughs) Because it's going to happen again. Well, I would say, don't worry. There are absolutely some things you can do. So I came up with six of them. First, you could take a break from seeing the types of things or people that trigger you, like on social. You can use that break to help you have more understanding about what's going on with you so you can be more intentional going forward. Two, You can connect with your personal definition of success and happiness. So what does that mean to you? What do you really want? What might you regret? Three, you can appreciate your success. You can own it. You know how I like to talk about celebrating. You can celebrate your success. And you know, I feel like that little exercise of putting it in my bio is really helping me celebrate my success. So you'll see that on Instagram. If you go to Instagram, you'll see it there. Number four, you can be grateful for your ability to create what you have in your life. Think about how far you've come. Seriously, with this podcast example, I started it from nothing. I had no following. I had nothing, nothing. It really started from nothing. (laughs) And I created it. And I created all kinds of stuff. And so did you. Number five, Ask yourself what you can learn from your compare and despair experience or pattern. There's great insight here waiting for you. And six, think on purpose when it comes to the thing, the person, or the situation you're comparing yourself to. Create the feelings you want on purpose. Yes, you're going to have to be intentional. And yes, you're going to have to practice. But practice thinking in a way that serves you. The bottom line is, 
that if you want to feel happier, if you want to feel more worthy, if you want to feel more content, if you want to feel more successful, you don't need to wait for something to happen that's outside of yourself that's external. It's easy to feel trapped and powerless by that way of thinking, but it's simply not true. Your thoughts create the way you feel. You can think on purpose right now to get the emotional outcome that you want. That is really amazing news. It is so good because even though it's something you got to practice and even though you might have to put your big girl panties on and take full responsibility for your emotional well-being, (laughs) it's possible. You can practice and you can think on purpose right now. You just got to make it a priority. So my friend, you've got this. You really do. All right, that is it for this episode. As you know, my focus as a midlife coach is to help you waste less time spinning and feeling stuck. This is what regret-proofing your life is really all about. So remember, being the queen of your brain domain is the best way to be. And if you want to get unstuck and more clear about your next chapter than ever before, I can totally help you. Check out the Women in the Middle Academy. It's my six-month coaching program to get the clarity and excitement in your life again that you've been looking for. Don't waste another second feeling stuck. Book your momentum call and we will take it from there. Head over to www.womeninthemiddleacademy.com. For show notes and links, go to www.susierosenstein.com and click on the podcast tab to find the information about this episode, including the link to your free gift, the Regret Proof Your Vision Board Brainstorming Worksheet. Let's do this, ladies. It's time for you to put yourself first one thought at a time. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.